0: Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. And we're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now here's today's message. Um, I have the honor today of preaching on one of my favorite core values. It is our fourth core values. And for the last few weeks, if you have not been in this place, we actually kicked off our Essentials series. And this series is one that um, is talking about all the different core values that have been established here at Cool Church. And so the reason why we do that and we create these intentional moments is because we believe that all that we say, all that we do, all that we are, is filtered through the lenses of our values. You see, through our core values, we get to design the life that we want. It gets to shape our culture, and values are the things that keep us grounded. They keep us grounded. And so Pastor Terrence and Pastor Joanne, the last few weeks, they started this thing off and they've taught us about love. They've taught us about family. They taught us about generosity. And today, I'm gonna be talking about our fourth core value, which is honor. Honor. You see, in the Bible, the word honor is translated from the Greek word timei, and the Hebrew word kavod. In both languages, these words signify respect, esteem, and value. In the biblical context, honoring someone often involves showing reverence, appreciation, and giving weight. I love that, you're giving weight or importance to someone or something, and you treat others with dignity and worth with dignity and worth. And so today, as we're talking about honor, we're gonna have a chart that should come up behind me. There you go. And in this chart, you'll be able to have a better idea of what it looks like to honor, what we believe concerning this core value here at Cool Church. And so the definition of honor, what that looks like for us is that not only do we respect others because of a position, we respect others because they are a person. They are a person. And so the way that we practically live that out is that every day we honor God with our lives. We try our best to see people the way that God sees people. We honor up, we honor down, we honor all around. We treat others with respect no matter who they are, where they come from, what they do, and what they believe. We are vocal about our honor. We don't wait until someone is gone to give them honor. We honor them every chance that we get. We do not gossip. We encourage. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so like in everything here at Cool Church, we don't just pull, up, you know, pull out really cool principles and values because they sound good. Everything is backed up by Bible. And so the verse that supports this core value is found in Romans twelve ten. It says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. And so what is the opposite of honor? What does that look like? Well, we don't disrespect, we don't look down on anyone because we're all God's children, amen? Amen, and so when we're talking about honor, not only is this one of our core values here at Cool Church And it's something that we are intentional about honor is a very important principle in the kingdom of God You see honor is a posture of heart Honor is the thing that will make you pause and have to check yourself and check your heart and check your motives You see it's not just about us talking about and teaching you know how to make other people feel good which that's good like it's a great thing to learn to lift each other up, to speak positive things to one another, to encourage one another but the principle of honor is so much more than feel good words and acknowledgement and the positions and the recognition recognition and the achievements. It means that we don't show more love or less love to someone just because of what they carry in front of their name. We show appreciation and love to everyone because we're all worthy of it. You see, family, there is so much power and honor. Do you know the ability that is found, the power that is found, how transformative it is when you honor someone? It has to, it can influence someone to become more like who God has created them to be. I mean, think about it, right? When you speak down on someone, when, when you treat them less than, when you're saying negative things about someone, if you have kids, you know, you might relate to this. If, if you're consistently bashing them and making them feel less than, they're more than likely going to start acting like the thing that you're speaking over them, right? Their behaviors are, go- are going to correlate to what has been said in relation to them, right? But the same is true when you speak good about someone, when you build people up with your words and with your actions, even if they may not reflect it all the time, they are more than likely to start aligning their actions and become more honorable. And So today as we're going through this principle, I want us to turn our attentions to Romans 12 Because I believe that the Apostle Paul does a beautiful job at breaking down what it looks like to honor to navigate this thing with one another But also what it looks like to honor God and so today we're going to be reading Romans 12 the whole chapter I promise is not that bad it is long y'all hang in there with me, okay? All right, now we're gonna read the Bible in cool church if there's one thing we're gonna do. So, Romans 12, yeah, there you guys got it. Yes, Romans 12, awesome. So, Romans 12, 1 through 21. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by my grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not have the same function, so in Christ we though many form one body and each member belongs to one another. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in according to faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coils on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Amen. Amen. And I love these verses because like I said, the Apostle Paul, he does a really great job at providing us with guidelines and a breakdown of what are the marks of a true Christ follower, right? How do we navigate our relationships with people? How do we set ourselves apart from the rest of the world and from culture and the personal responsibility that we have as believers to honor one another but also to honor God with our lives? Because the biblical emphasis on honoring others has everything to do with the biblical command to honor God. You know why? Because when you honor people, you honor God. When you honor people, you honor God. And so if you are in this place and you are taking notes, if you want to give this message a title, it is this. Doing honor well doing honor well. You see, we don't want to just halfway do honor. We don't want to do anything average. We want to do honor well. Honor done well says it doesn't matter who who you are, what position you hold, whether you got things right or wrong. You are important. I see you, I value you, I treat you with respect, with dignity because you are worthy as a child of God. Amen? And so I believe that there are a few things that we must know in order to operate from a place of honor and do it well. And the first one is this. Honor is about seeing people through the lenses of God. It is about seeing people the way that God sees people. And so when I was thinking about this core value and someone that does honor well, I couldn't help but to think about the story of uh, David and Saul. You see, many of us may have heard about King David. You know, he was—he. A lot of us have heard the story of how uh, David, you know, killed Goliath with his stone, and and that's something that a lot of us know. But you see, King David dist- distinguished himself from a really young age. He was anointed by God from a really young age, and so you know, he puts himself kind of on the map when he beats Goliath, this giant that the Philistine army were scared of. With his, he was bold, he was courageous. He came on the scene. He He beat this giant and he eventually caught King Saul's attention which led to then of David being placed at the head of the army and David gained a lot of success he became really popular and then there were songs that were being sang like you know Saul killed his thousands but then David killed his tens of thousands and all the popularity and all the success eventually triggered jealousy in Saul and so even though David married Saul's daughter and was really close friends with Jonathan who's Saul's son, there was an intense rivalry that developed between the two of them to the point that Saul began to plot to kill David. And not only did this happen one time, he plot to kill David on multiple occasions. However, he was unsuccessful on multiple occasions. To the point, I mean, come on, sir. I'm like, you gonna plan to kill somebody? You gonna feel like more than one time? But that's not like, <laughs> that's not here nor there. <laughs> it was to the point that David spared Saul's life. On, every time that he would get plotted to be killed, like God would present him with the opportunity for him to kill Saul and he would not take it. And so today I want to turn your attentions to 1 Samuel 26. And in this story, we see how this is one of the times that Saul is plotting to kill David. David is out in the wilderness. He is hiding from Saul. And, you know, uh, Saul and his, and his army, they, they camp out. And David catches them slacking because they fell asleep they fell asleep and so first saw 26 we're gonna start at verse 8 we're gonna jump around a little bit for time purposes but abishai abishai was a part of david's army at that time right abishai said to david today god has delivered your enemy into your hands now let me pin him to the ground with one thrust of the spear i won't strike him tw- twice but david said to abishai don't destroy him who can lay a hand on the Lord's anointed and be guiltless. As surely as the Lord lives, he said, the Lord himself will strike him or his time will come and he will die. He will go out into the battlefield and perish. But the Lord forbid that I lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. Now get the spear and water that are near his head and let's go. So, you know, like I said, David and his, and, and his guy Abishai caught. Saul and his army slipping. They were sleeping. The Lord put them in a, deep, um, in a deep sleep. And so they take the spear, they take the water jug, and then uh, David starts to call out Saul's army like, hey, y'all were supposed to be protecting the king, but y'all didn't protect them because look, I got his spear and his water jug. So, verse 17, as you know, David is calling out Saul's army. Saul recognizes David's voice and said, is that your voice, David, my son? David replied, yes, it is, my lord, the king. First of all, okay, that took a lot because if I know someone is trying to kill me, my response is not gonna be, yes, my lord, my king, right? My response would have looked very, very different. And then he added, why is my Lord pursuing his servant? What have I done? What wrong am I guilty of? Now let my Lord the King listen to his servant's words. If the Lord hasn't incited you against me, then may he accept an offering. However, if people have done it, may they be cursed before the Lord. Verse 21. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Come back, David, my son, because you considered my life precious today. I will not harm you again. Surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong. Here is the king's spear, David answered. Let one of your young men come over and get it. The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I will not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I valued your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from all trouble. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed, David my son, you will do great things and surely triumph. You see, in this story of David and Saul, we see that never once did David waver on his stance that Saul was God's anointed. And because of that, he wouldn't kill him, even though he had the opportunity to kill him on multiple occasions. David's actions and response towards Saul did not change based off of Saul's action. David saw him through the lenses of who God said that David was, and at that time, Saul was king. And so what this teaches me is that honor should not be conditional. Honor should not be conditional. We do not allow the external things to dictate our response to this kingdom principle. We honor because that's what we're called to do. No strings attached. Whether we like the person, whether they tried to kill, whatever that looks like, no strings attached. We honor because that's what we're called to do. You see, we don't honor people because of what they do. We are called to honor and to value them because of who they are. Because honor does not speak to perfection. It speaks to sonship. It speaks to who we are in relation to God and we are his. He created us with so much detail and intentionality. The Bible says that we are his workmanship. And so because of that, we honor one another. Romans 12 3 6 says do not think yourself do not think of yourself more highly than you are but rather think of yourself with sober Judgment in accordance in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you For just as each of you has one body with man, many members and these members do not have the same function so in Christ We, though many form one body and each member belongs to one another. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. You see, what this means is that you're not better than the next person. None of us are better than one another. We are all equal, and that perspective should always move us to a place of honor. It should give us the ability to see people the way that God sees people, valuing them, not because of their gifts, not because of their talents, not their position, not their title, their social or cultural background. We hold people at a high regard because we know at the end of the day, none of us are better than each other. You see, doing honor well says it doesn't matter whether you're black, you're Latino, you're white, you're Chinese, whether you're a doctor or you're a college dropout, whether you got out of jail or you've been good all your life, it doesn't matter whether you got all this money in the bank, you got six figure, or you just got laid off. I love you, I see you, you're valuable, you are worthy and I honor you. You know, for my extra say, folks, that sometimes like to get really consumed with titles and positions, and even with spiritual gifts that may be a little bit more visible in the physical than others, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter whether you speak in tongues, whether you prophesy, whether you know how to pray really loud, or you're just learning how to pray, whether you've been saved for 50 years or for five minutes, if you are a pastor, if you are greeting people at the door, if you're welcoming them, if you are cleaning the bathroom, we honor all, we honor, each other you don't just pick and choose what position you want to honor what person you want to acknowledge who you want to submit to because maybe you like them a little bit more or you know you don't like them as much so you're just gonna go ahead and bypass what they're saying no we keep the same energy all around we honor all we honor Oh, if the usher told you to move up, to sit in a specific seat, just sit in the seat. Don't wait till the pastor has to tell you to do it. Do it, acknowledge, honor the request. Because even though our roles, if they missed it, you know. Come on, shout out to the host team. (laughs) Because even though our roles look different, we are all a part of the same body. We make up the one body. And that is why we don't disrespect one another. We don't, we don't look down on each other. We don't talk bad. We don't gossip. Instead, we see the God things in each other. We build one another up. We acknowledge each other with love because honor is love in action. Honor is love in action. And because honor is love in, actions, in action, that means it's selfless. You cannot honor well and be selfish. Which brings me to my second point. Honor is about taking your eyes off of you. It is taking your eyes off of you. Romans 12, 9 through 21 says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Never lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low positions. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord if it is possible, as far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. You see, the things that Paul is asking us to do in these verses, it takes, and it speaks to a high level of maturity. You see, because this perspective contradicts everything that culture promotes in relation to what it is to like navigate and deal with people, right? I mean, like, really? I have to feed my enemies? I gotta feed my haters? (laughs) Those that have hurt me? Those that have betrayed me, I'm called to love them. I'm being asked to bless them. I have to put others above me. That's crazy, right? (laughs) I love how the message version says it. In verse nine through 10, it says, love from the center of who you are. Do not fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to dear life for good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Let me tell you something. When I read that translation, right? It said, practice playing second fiddle. In my flesh, I'm very competitive. I was like, absolutely not. I am like second to nobody. I'm always gonna try to be first, right? I was like, that don't apply to me that it just, it doesn't apply to me. But the thing is that honor is not about me. Honor is not about you. And that's why I believe that there are so many people that struggle with congratulating and uplifting and encouraging others because of their own insecurities, because of their own selfish motives. Because you know, if I talk about how good they are, then maybe people are gonna like them a little bit more. They're gonna think that they're better than me. You know, if I, if I acknowledge them, if I uplift them, then I'm gonna get overlooked. People will start to think, you know, that they just got it all together and I'm not gonna get validated anymore. It will risk me, uh, I'll miss out on the opportunity of getting promoted, right? I believe that the word of the Lord for someone is to stop hating and to start honoring and watch how your life begins to change. You see, that's why the Bible says things like the humble will be exalted. I mean, you don't honor to receive something from it, but my God, that's just how good God is. That's just how general he is. That's what the sowing and the reaping principle is all about. And I believe that once you stop hating and you start honoring, you will begin to see this principle. affect your life in a good way look at how king Saul replied to David then Saul said I have sinned come back David my son because you considered my life precious today I will not harm you again surely I have acted like a fool and have been terribly wrong here is the king's spirit David answered let one of your young men come over and get it The Lord rewards everyone for their righteousness and faithfulness. The Lord delivered you into my hands today, but I will not lay a hand on the Lord's anointed. As surely as I valued your life today, so may the Lord value my life and deliver me from trouble. Then Saul said to David, may you be blessed, David, my son. You will do great things and surely triumph. You see David 's honor led to his biggest hater blessing him, whether he was sincere or not, where he he spoke a blessing over David, and you 've been trying to figure out what to do with, what to do with your haters. How about you start honoring and you 'll see how they'll start blessing you. You see, not once did uh, uh, David say, "Well, I would be a better king than Saul, not once." Did he try to take Saul's position? Not once did he try to take the authority. He wasn't petty, but instead he played his position. He played second fiddle and he understood that the way that he was gonna honor God was by honoring Saul. Even though David had power and authority. You see, this teaches us that we need to respect those in position of authority, even if they're making life difficult for us, even if we don't agree with everything that they do, even if they did something to offend us. That's why the Bible says things like in 1 Peter 2, 7, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believer, fear God, honor the emperor. You see, I love Pastor Terrence and Joanne. I've been serving under their leadership for, I think, like, almost eight years now. And I'm riding with them till the wheels fall off. You know, like pastors say, like, if you leave, I'm going with you. Like, that's where we're at with it, right? (laughs) But it does not mean that we do not have our moments. It does not mean that we do not get frustrated, that we agree on everything. We are humans. That happens. That's a part of the journey. Like, when you're doing life with people. However, it does not change who they are in my life. It does not change the authority that they have in my life, the position that they have in my life, and that I am called to honor, to love, and to respect them. So what I'm saying is that yes, it means that you still have to honor your boss even if they get on your nerves. Even if you don't agree with everything that they do, you honor them by showing up. If they call you, you answer, you show up, and you do the work in excellence. That means you still have to honor your spouse. Even if you just got in a fight and you're mad at each other, and you might have hurt each other, you honor them, you acknowledge them. You don't get consumed with how you feel because you made a commitment to that person. That means that yes, you have to honor your coworkers and the friends that you know have been talking crazy about you, that have betrayed you. You choose to forgive, you don't, you're not petty. You're not petty, you don't throw shade, but you allow God to fight that battle and that is how you honor. You still have to honor your old pastors. That's a hard, one, a hard one for some of us folks, right? Even if you left the church because of X, Y, Z, and your feelings are, they may be very valid and they probably did you wrong, whatever, that looks like you're still called to honor them. You don't come into a new space and you bash them. You allow God to be God and you honor the space that you left. Because honor done well speaks to choosing forgiveness. Choosing forgiveness and choosing to be kind. You have to choose to be kind. How many of us have heard the saying, you kill them with kindness, right? Yeah, yeah, no. No, that doesn't work. Because through honor, you don't kill people with kindness, you heal people with kindness. And when you have that perspective, it changes everything. You see, this requires spiritual maturity. When you are spiritually mature, you can honor someone above yourself. You're not conceited. You practice hospitality. The fruits of the Spirit is evident in your life, like love, like joy, like peace, like kindness, self-control, patience. You're not consumed with what you are going through. These fruits begin to grow and to be developed in you because your honor is not dependent on feelings. circumstances you understand that everything is not about you and you have enough humility to take your eyes off of you and how you feel and your agenda and point them back to God so that people can see God in you and this is the beautiful thing that I've learned when we do this when this becomes like a way of life for us you begin to display honor even in the simple things, in the mundane things, in the everyday things. And so for me, I know that this muscle of honor is something that I try to be really intentional about growing and developing. And so I look for small ways to practice honor in my everyday life. For example, you know, if someone says hi to me, I say hi back, right? I acknowledge that. But I'm also that person that when I go to the grocery store, I don't like to leave the cart, like just leave it out. I do something like I unload my groceries and I understand y'all, this Florida sun is something else (laughs) and it is draining and a lot of us just wanna put the grocery in the car and just dip, but no. I put the groceries in my car, and the way that I honor the people that, I, that work at the store that probably that have to deal with the same Florida heat and deal with other people who are leaving their car, is I just take it all the way back inside. And my God, it is a lot of sacrifice when we're talking about Walmart, because we know about the Walmart cards and we know but I honor them by taking it inside. I honor the person that is gonna be coming after me by not leaving a car in a parking spot and then have to create an inconvenience and they have to get out the car, right? You see how that works because honor. And so if you're in this place, you've probably heard me share a little bit about my um, kickboxing journey. Yeah, you know, okay. I've been kickboxing for like two years and some change, so I feel like I'm an official kickboxer at this point. So that's just what we're gonna go with. And I share a lot about it because this is just a space where God talks to me. God talks to me and I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about God and navigating this walk and this journey with Jesus. And so um, a few weeks ago, at the beginning of the year, we had um, a challenge at my kickboxing studio is what we call like a heart monitor challenge. And it's an annual challenge that they do every single year. Um, And what it consists of is basically like whoever wants to be a part of the challenge, you buy like this little thing that you wrap around your arm or whatnot. And it tells you like your heart rate as you're doing the class and the, um, the group that has, you're split up into different groups. So the group that has the most point at the end of the challenge, they're the winners, right? And y'all, I'm so competitive. First of all, I joined the challenge. I didn't even know if there was a prize. I was just like, like, we're doing it, like I'm with it. I'm always with it, right? And so, I joined this challenge. I had my little uh, heart rate monitor situation set up and everything. And so, I'm going through this challenge. We have a team, and I'm showing up because the way that you get points is you have to show up to class. So, the more you show up, the more points you accumulate, and, you know, all that great stuff. It was to the point that I would, like, work out. There were times I was working out, like, two times a day. Like, I was just going because I'm, like, I'm trying to get my points in. I'm not trying to be dead weight to my team, right? So... I was working out like four or five times a week, It was madness. Um, so throughout the challenge, my team held it down in second place. We would strive for first, but the team that was in first place, they kind of blew it out the park like way in advance. It was a lot. So we were like, okay, we gonna aim for second place, right? Um, so my team held it down in second place for a little while. And then we got to the last week of the challenge and then there was a team that kind of started to creep up on us and so throughout the week it was like my team was second then we were third then they were second and we played like this tit for tat type of situation and so it's the last day of the heart monitor challenge right i'm like yo my team is dependent on me i gotta show up like i'm about to work out two times today like we 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 i'm gonna hold this spot down for my team right So we're 40 minutes into this workout. I'm going in, right? Because you can see there's like a board and on the board you can see like where everyone is at, like in that class, like how many points they have. So, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to be the first on the board every single class. So I'm going in, I'm holding that top spot and we're like past 40 minutes and I'm literally fighting for my life at this point because other people are competitive and we're all like, you know? So my heart monitor stops working. Right? Yeah, it starts working. So I internally start freaking out. (laughs) I'm like hitting this thing like, yo, what is happening right now? Like this cannot be life. I'm hitting this thing. I'm literally praying over it. I'm like, God, you gotta help your girl out. I'm turning it on and off and I'm getting so frustrated. I'm getting so annoyed and there's this lady in the class and she's like, Yari, what's going on? And I'm like, ma'am, I'm already stressed. Like I understand there's something going on. I see my heart rate going down and I'm like, that's not true because I know I feel like I'm dying. I'm giving the class everything I got. And so I can't get this thing to work. And everything is like, they're still working out, right? Nobody is paying me no mind. I'm just the one that's like internally having this situation happen in the back of the class. And I get so annoyed and so frustrated and I'm trying to find my rhythm and I'm like, no, Yadi, like you got to stay focused, whatever, like it's bigger than a challenge. You got to, you know, keep working out. And I can't find my rhythm. I'm getting annoyed. I'm getting frustrated to the point that I literally wanted to take this thing off, throw it and walk out the class. That's how and that's how annoyed and frustrated I was, right? And I'm fighting with God, I'm fighting with myself like God, you cannot have a fit right now. Like that's a child, like maturity, right? And so it's uh, we're getting to the last round. And so this thing that we do at our kickboxing studio is like a call and response type of situation. So you know, it's the last round, people are tired. So they'll, sit, they'll typically be like, "Last round." And then we respond like, "Best round," right? To like get ourselves worked up. And something that I'm a real stickler for, like in those moments, I always like to respond because of honor, right? Like there's everyone in the class is like, "Eh," and I'm the only one that's like, let's go. They got to do burpees and I don't. (laughs) So at that moment when um, my coach is about to get to this car and respond, and she's like, last round. And I was like, I don't even want to respond. Like I'm so pissed, I don't want to respond. And God is like, nah, like maturity, right? And so I'm like, best drowned. And at that moment, even though my heart rate monitor was not working, I was frustrated. I had to make a decision. Was I going to be so consumed with my feelings and with what I was going through that I was about to, for one, dishonor the commitment that I made to myself? Was I going to dishonor the people around me that showed up to the class with my spank attitude because I wanted to throw a fit? Was I gonna dishonor my coach who's like screaming her lungs out, trying to get us energized and empower us so that we can be better? You see, I had to choose at that moment to put my pride to the side. I had to put my pride to the side and instantly I felt God tell me when we honor in the small things, it grows and it deepens our capacity to honor in big ways. And then the Holy Spirit also told me, that's how some of my children treat me. When things are not going their way, when they're frustrated and they're annoyed and they're in their feelings, they want to stop responding. They want to cut off communication. They no longer want to honor who I am and what I'm asking them to do because they're so consumed with their feeling and their pride. You see, you cannot allow pride to have you miss out on who God is, and what he is doing in you, and what he is wanting to do around you. Because honoring is about learning how to put your pride to the side so that you can be in the best position to be a living representation of God's love and kindness. But it also puts you in the best position to experience the blessing that is found in humility. The blessing that is found in humility, which leads me to my third point, and the band can go ahead and come up. Honor is about humility and surrender. Honor is about humility and surrender. I'm just a firm believer that you are not gonna be able to exercise honor if you cannot operate in humility and live a surrendered life. Because it is a humble life that leads to honor. That's why the Bible says things like in Proverbs 18:12, before a downfall, the heart is haughty, which speaks to pride. But humility comes before honor. Honor is the byproduct of humility. They go hand in hand. And the reason why this is so important in the context of this core value is because I believe the way that we honor God has a direct correlation with the way and the capacity that we honor others. That is why I believe that in Romans 12, before uh, the apostle Paul goes into the verses that we just read about, right? Talking about, devote yourself to one another, love each other, honor each other, treat each other with respect. We're all a part of the body. He starts off this chapter by saying, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, In view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. You see, you cannot fully honor others well if you do not honor God well. And and in these verses, we are being challenged that we are called to live a life that is honoring to God, that we're called to reverence God with our lifestyle, that we're called to obey him. And when you understand that, that, then, you know, obedience is not optional. You seek to obey God and to do what he is asking you to do and acknowledge who he is in your life in every single season, because you don't just honor God with your mouth and with lip service. You honor him through your life. Because you don't wanna be like the people that were talked about in Isaiah 29, 13. It says, these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You see, a life of sacrifice speaks to a life of humility and a life that is humble speaks to a life that is surrendered there is a surrendering that has to happen because before you can go into all the stuff like loving each other, like seeing people the way that God sees people and treating them with dignity and high esteem and regard and respect, you need to learn how to die to yourself. We just talked about the spiritual maturity that it takes. There has to be a dying to your flesh that has to take place. And so when we're reading the Bible, in the Bible when sacrifices took place, Something had to die. Something had to be laid at the altar. There had to be a surrendering. And that's why Paul tells us to present our body our body as a living sacrifice. You need to lay yourself down first. You need to learn how to surrender your plans, your motives, your selfish desires, your agenda. You need to learn how to kill pride, how to kill the spirit of offense, how to kill pettiness, and the urge to put others down so that you can be lifted and so that you can feel better about yourself. Someone who is humble, know that they are nothing without God. And when you know that you are nothing without God, then you know how to treat others because none of us are nothing without God. So how can you treat the next person less than? You see, a surrendered life, a life that is not about you, is a life that is driven by kingdom agenda, a life that is driven by eternity. So you operate with kingdom principles such as honor. It's about God how can I honor you with my life how can I bring glory to who you are how can I be a manifestation of your love how can my life be proper worship unto God how can I point others to Jesus by being more like him you see as Believers as Christ followers, we have to have a strong passion and desire to honor God in every aspect of our lives. That's our true and proper worship. And the Bible tells us that everything that we do should be worshiped unto God. That's why Colossians 3.17 says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving giving thanks to God the Father through him. Honor is a form of worship. Honor is a form of worship. When we look at the word worship and we look up the definition, it means respectful devotion. Loving, honoring, and obeying someone who deserves our highest regard. To regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, a devotion. That's exactly what we have been talking about. Family, we have to learn how to not be complacent in our worship. We can get too familiar, too comfortable, because that's when we start to devalue and dishonor. You see... It doesn't matter how long I've known Pastor Terrence and Pastor Joanne. It doesn't matter what setting we find ourselves in. I always refer to them as Pastor Terrence and Pastor Joanne. And sometimes it's a little, a little weird because we could be in like different settings outside of the church and not everyone knows that they are our pastors. But it's something that I do. And I know that they're family and I know if I need a big brother and a big sister, like they're there, but they're also my pastors. You see, I never want to get too comfortable and too familiar that I start to devalue the anointing and the authority that they carry. So this allows me to always be reminded of who they are in my life. And many of us, we do this to God. He is our Father. He is our friend, our, he's our help in our time of need, but we also forget that he is Lord, that he is sovereign, that he is holy. And we cannot get too familiar with God that we stop being in awe of who he is as our Lord, the authority that he carries in our life, the fact that we have to reverence him. Because when we honor, we are worshiping God. And when we honors other, honor honor others, we're not worshiping them, but we are reflecting what worship unto God looks like. We get to point them to Jesus. We get to position them in the best place to experience the transformation and the love and the grace that is found in Jesus. And so God calls us to make a choice about the way that we live for him. God calls us to make a choice about the way that we live for him. And the beautiful thing is that he will never ask us to do something that he was not willing to do first. You see, God honored us when he presented himself as a living sacrifice first. By surrendering his life, he honored us and he said, I know you're not perfect even before you say yes to me. I still believe that you are worthy, that you are valuable. I hold you at such high esteem and regard that I'm going to lay my life down so that you can experience salvation, so that you can experience redemption and restoration. You see, he didn't honor us because we deserved it. Jesus laid his life down because honor is love in action. And he loved us and loves us so much that he displayed love in action when he took up that cross for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you'd like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends and family to be a blessing to their lives as well. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.